Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Alive Church, Orange County. To find out more information about Alive Church, please visit alivechurchoc.org. You can also follow us on your favorite social media platform by typing in Alive Church OC. Hey, listen, I got a word for you today, and uh, we want to release something to you. Go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. Come on, y'all, get your Bibles out, man. I want to hear, hear some pages turning, some thumbs moving. Come on, amen. <laughs> Teresa's here. Hey, listen, I want to uh, release this to you as something I've been carrying around uh, bits and pieces of this. Uh, throughout this entire last year because I, you know, I get to go to a lot of places around the world, a lot of churches, and I'm kind of seeing these common threads um, with believers. And because you know, we do ministry, we don't just preach. So we're in the altars, we're praying for people, we're talking to people. It's not just like messages and I'm off you know, back, backstage. And so I'm noticing the kind of stuff that keeps coming up, and, I'm, and this led me on a journey. Come on, amen? Because we're trying to help folks, we're trying to build folks up. So I want to share this with you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20. He says, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Come on, amen? amen. And then Ephesians 4, it says this. It says, And he gave some, not all, not all y'all are these. Come on, amen. He gave some prophets or some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the, for the perfecting of the saints. That word perfecting doesn't mean perfection. It means maturity. So the, the goal for your Christianity is never to be perfect. It's to be progressing. Come on. We're not after perfection. We're after progress. Come on. Amen. Amen. And you can always look back on your year and see, did you move? Are you still struggling with the same stuff? You still got the same mindsets, still bound up with the same change. You still got the same issues in your life. Then you have not progressed. Now, you progressed in here, but you didn't progress inside. You didn't progress with God. So we, we, we're after maturity. That is the goal. Per, the perfecting of the saints and the work. Everybody say work. work. You ever notice how folks don't want to work no more? There's a lot of spiritual laziness sometimes that goes into people. They don't want to get up. They don't want to, everything's bite size and it's still too much for them, you know? Because the work of the ministry, everybody say work. work. The ministry is work. For the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ, listen to this now, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge or the full knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Now, the, the perfect man, and this says this, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is the perfect man just means that a perfect representation of who Jesus was, who God is. Jesus said this, and this should be our goal, is Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he was a representation in the earth in every way, shape, and form of who God was. So this is how we don't listen. Make this your finish line this morning. Don't make prophesying more or being able to lay hands on people and they fall out and be able to have a great word or revelation. Make your finish line that you want to be a perfect representation of Christ everywhere that you go. So that people see you, they know that God is real because you are a manifestation of the work of the Holy Spirit like Christ is in the earth. But why don't we see the maturity and we see so much instability? We talked about the unity of the faith. Y'all been on Instagram lately? You've seen brother rising against brother, people attacking young guys with a, with a you know, camera phone, talking about men of God that have been around for 50 years, won thousands of souls, and they feel okay with attacking them over some nuance of their teaching. And some issues that come up between different factions in the body of Christ. And this is all because of immaturity. And when you see that, understand that's what this is about. It's immature people, right, talk about other people. Mature people talk about the Lord. So you don't need to have no attack video against someone. Just preach the truth. Come on, amen. Folks will figure it out. But we have to be careful because this is why we're seeing such levels of instability in the body of Christ. We are seeing saints with sinner problems. 
the level of anxiety, the level of fear, the level of depression amongst the people of God should not be according to this. If we're maturing as believers, we should not have the same level of struggles of people out in the world. Didn't say we didn't promise you sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. Come on, amen. But he did promise us a stability. And it speaks to our foundations. And this is the reason we have this is because the body of Christ, especially in America, has become soulishly addicted to three of the fivefold. We're built on all five. Come on, amen. The chief cornerstone being Christ, but also apostles, apostolic ministry, and prophetic ministry in your life. And so many Christians are not going after those healing. We love the pastors. Come on, amen. We love the Bible teachers. Come on, y'all don't heap them up to yourselves, the Bible says, huh? You got your favorite guy loaded into your phone. Come on, amen? And I love so-and-so's teaching. I love so-and-so's teaching because that's different than an apostolic and prophetic anointing into your life. They're going to speak things maybe you don't want to hear. A prophetic anointing brings things into your life. People avoid apostolic ministry because it has the ability to bring correction into your life, into your thinking, into your doctrine. And you have, maybe we have a pet idea that we hang it on to. You get in front of an apostolic anointing and it will dismantle certain things and help reshape you into the image of God. And it comes out differently. It's not the same because, you know, we have to remind people sometimes, especially when I go places, I'm not your pastor. Hallelujah. And so this is why we're seeing the lack of maturity, the lack of unity in the kingdom of God right now. We must embrace these other two ministries if we're going to see real stability in our foundations. Now, one of the most diabolical things you see, especially evangelicals, is they talk themselves out of these two ministries by saying, oh, they passed away. What a diabolical thing. When this says this is the foundations, and if you don't have these things, that there is lack of unity, lack of stability, lack of maturity. But some people are like, those don't exist anymore. Good luck. If you think that those two things aren't essential to your foundations, and then we wonder why, especially in the American church, I'm not here to bash it, we see the levels of instability and immaturity. Come on now, amen. Y'all don't shout me down now. And this is what we have to be careful of. We cannot be soulishly addicted to three of the fivefold. And this caused a problem. First Samuel says this. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, we know the story that was going on with Eli in this time and his sons, the Hapni and Phinehas. They were in the temple ministering, but there was great wickedness in them, and so there was no word of the Lord. So this is what the scripture says in 1 Samuel 3 verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare, precious, and rare in those days because there was no open vision. There was no word going forth. The, the word of God, not the preaching, but the word. What is the word of the Lord? What is God speaking right now? When you are not in the right position, you don't have prophetic ministry in your life, then what is the now word? Come on, what is God speaking to you? Come on, what is the word for you for 2024? What is God saying to you about your destiny, your future? You don't need to hear it from someone else, but what is the word, the prophetic working in your life right now? Yeah. Is it rare? Come on, amen. And if it is, we need to deal with that. And here's why we need it. Ephesians 4, verse 14. Listen to this. That we be henceforth no more children. Listen. Don't go around bragging about you a child of God. That's not something to brag about. Amen? This is why people in the world say that. Oh, I'm, it's a people's uh, Instagram profile. I'm a child of God. But we need you to grow up. Come on. Amen? Thank God. Congratulations that you're a child of God. But don't brag about that. Come on. Amen? 
We want to grow and we want to become what the Bible calls the wheel thesis. Come on. You understand that? The thesis of people that go to college, they have to do a thesis to get their doctorate. And that thesis is the sum total of everything they know about that topic. That's why they become a doctor of something because of all the knowledge that they've acquired. Well, the word of God calls us the wheel thesis of God. That means when we are seen by someone, we should be the manifestation of all of who God is. Put that in your Instagram profile. Amen. But it says that we would be no more children tossed to and fro and carried away by every wind of doctrine and by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive. Listen, you got to be careful of false doctrine, but you also have to be careful of the misuse of Scripture. This is prolific right now in our culture, the misuse of Scripture. They take a Scripture out of context. And how do we know they do this? Because this is what cults do. If you, I had to study this when I was in seminary about cults, different cults. And here's every one of them have one common thread to them. Every one of them had a leader who had an idea, and then he went to the Bible to prove his idea. And there was enough Bible gymnastics and enough immature saints to believe it. And so that's how cults get formed, because you don't go to the Bible to prove your idea. You get your idea from the Bible. And you build, hallelujah, on the word of the Lord. You don't build on an idea that you have and then go to the Bible to put some things together to justify your idea. That's what people are doing right now because of their immaturity. God's will to bring us into a maturity, a representation of his nature's power in the earth. This is a primary function that God wants from us. He wants to move through us. The world don't know he is alive until he's alive in us. And if we don't have a stability and a consistency to us as believers, if we're up and down, just like the people in the world, because we don't have the proper foundations, then how will they believe that God is real? By our shout? They'll believe God is real because we're manifesting something in our heart, our character, the level of our love and our maturity. Come on, as believers, not just the knowledge of the word and being able to quote scriptures, but the manifestation of God's real life-changing love to people because it's done a work in us. Listen to this now. We got to begin to move and make it room for the prophetic in our life. And I want to say this. I go to 2 Kings chapter 4. Listen to this. Second Kings chapter 4. And this is the story of the Shunammite woman. Verse 8. Let's start there. Y'all there? Come on. Say amen. Come on. You got your Bibles out? Say amen. You got there? And it says, And it fell on a day that Elijah passed to Shunam, where was a great woman. Come on. Amen. And she constrained him to come in and eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said to her husband, behold, now I perceive, come on now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passes by us. You've got to, as a believer, you've got to begin to hear at another level. You can't be looking with the eyes of the world at things that are going on. You've got to perceive and hear. And listen, now one of the things we have to perceive is the people of God that are around us. God will move and begin to speak through them. Prophetically, if you have made room in your life for God to speak, God will begin to use everything around you to speak. He'll begin to speak through all kinds of things if you have a prophetic ear and you can perceive things. So listen, I, was, uh, I used to work at a children's church when I was younger, and uh, I remember I was hanging on for a promise that God had given me, and I was getting discouraged and everything, and, 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 and I was in the children's church, and, and this little boy that used to be my roommate's, my roommate's son at the time, and he was only six years old, but my goodness, they were in seminary with me, and they trained this little boy. He was a preacher. Come on. He walked the floor, and had Lord's army armor on, you know, playing in the house. And I was kind of like, dang, somebody get a hold of this kid. Amen. 
But he was on fire. And I remember he, we were in the children's church. You know how we do a children's church to do the prayer requests, right? People come up, kids come up. My daddy needs a job. My, my mommy was praying for this. And so they come up, and you can tell what's going on in every family by that children's church. Come on. <laughs> and this kid stands up, and he says, Thus saith the Lord, delay is not denial. And I thought, good Lord, pooh, that hit my spirit. And I was like, that's the word of the Lord. And this little six-year-old boy spoke a word. And I'm telling you, my, my, my inwards just shifted. And I knew God was speaking because I perceived. Yeah. But this little six-year-old boy was a holy man. Come on, amen. <laughs> but look at the people God's placed in your life. If you have a word, an ear to hear, you begin to hear things prophetically. And it will hit you differently in the conversation and what's going on because you in our life are a person that respects and honors the prophetic in your life. And you're listening at another level, not just what people say, but there's always a voice. When you're with believers, there's always the voice within the voice. And I remember I was, was talking with Pastor Susan one time about a person I was discipling. And I was, remember I was getting discouraged because this person wasn't getting it. And I was like, maybe it's time just to, you know, because I spent a lot of time with them. And they just weren't getting it. And I was getting discouraged. And I was like, Lord, maybe, you know, I, I told Pastor Susan, I said, maybe, you know, it's just time, you know, for me to just kind of take a step back and let them be. Because, you know, they're not really coming along. And I'm not giving up. We don't quit on people. Come on. Amen. But I was like, I've spent a lot of time. It's not working. And then she said this, and I'm, it shifted something in me as a man of God. She said, Pastor Troy, she goes, you have to understand that God can save to the uttermost. Yeah. And I'm, when she said that, I thought, my God, what a word. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I was on the phone. I, it just shifted something in my spirit. And I thought, good Lord, how dare I ever not know, believe that the Lord is able to change folks. But I perceive she is a woman of God. Don't get familiar with the people around you. God use a donkey. He can use your friend over Starbucks. But do you perceive? Come on, amen. She says, I perceive this is a man of God. A holy man, God passes by us. And she said this now, verse 10. Let us make a little room, I pray thee, a little chamber, a little room on the wall. And let us set in there a bed, a table, a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh that he shall turn in thither. Now, I want to remind you about something. There's nothing wasted in the scriptures. When you read something like that and you're like, what else are you going to put in a room? Come on, amen. They didn't have TVs back then, amen. But the Bible took the time to tell, for her to say, let's put a bed, and not just in any room, the room we make for the prophet of God. Let's put a bed, let's put a table, let's put a chair, and let's put a lamp in this room. And these, this is prophetic language because if you have the prophetic, if you've made room in your life for the prophetic, here's what it will bring. It will bring a bed for you. It will bring a table for you. These, these things mean something, a seat for you. They will bring a, a lamp into your life. But have you made room for it? Or are you just living your life? Not knowing that God is speaking and using you to speak and moving prophetically in your life all the time. If you have an ear, if you have made room for God to speak to you. You don't have to be lost wondering what's next. What's the next step? Why can't I overcome this? God will speak through you and to you to shift your life and to shift other people's. This happens all the time. I had me last weekend or this week. I was in Costco. And I paid for my stuff, and I'm walking out, and this guy walks up to me, Asian guy. He's like, I know you. And I'm like, I don't know you. But I, I thought, oh, there's something going on here. It's the way he greeted me. And he's like, I know you. I know you from somewhere. And every time this happens to me, I always think, oh, maybe they saw me in church or they saw me on TV or somewhere before. And so I, I used to be like, oh, I don't know you. I'm, I'm sorry. But now I know what's going on. Come on. As I'm pushing my cart. Come on. Amen. And people walk up. Do you know? I know you. I've seen you somewhere before. What they're seeing is God. 
And so I used to just answer like that, but now I always say, oh, do you go to church? And they always say, well, I used to. And I'll say, time to come home. He's calling for you to come home. And I'll just walk off. Come on, amen. (laughs) I'll say, come to a live church. Come on, amen. Amen. But, But this is because I made room in my life for the prophetic. And God is always wanting, get this into your marrow of your bones, that God is always wanting to speak to his people. If you're laying on the floor crying out to God for a word, then you're doing it wrong. Your mindset is off that you think you have to beg your father to speak to you. That is a wrong thinking. That is religion. Do not engage in such nonsense. The issue is never God is not speaking. The issue is you are not hearing. But here's what the word will provide for you, the prophetic word. A bed. Come on. Do you have a bed in your life? Bed's good for one thing, resting. Come on. Amen. And the word will bring a bread. Listen to this. Acts chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. Y'all there? Come on. Go over there with me. Acts chapter 12, verse 6. And it says this. And now this is the story of Peter when he was taken captive by Herod. And they wanted to cut off his head because they were preaching, winning too many souls, shutting down businesses. They were connected to paganism. And so they put him in jail. And the only reason why they didn't kill Peter and cut his head off that day, because there was a festival. They didn't want to mess up the party. Come on. So they said, tomorrow we're going to cut your head off. So Peter says here, when Herod brought him forth, that same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, not one, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light, everybody say a light, light. shined in the prison. And, And the angel smote Peter on the side and said, get up. Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Now listen, I don't know about you, but if I was about to die the next day, I'm not sure I'd be asleep. I might be having an emergency prayer meeting. I might be called in a prayer chain. Come on, hotline. But I wouldn't be sleeping. Now, not only was he sleeping, but the, the glory of God comes in the room. The light of God, come on. You just crack your blinds in the morning. Y'all get like, ah. (laughs) Imagine a light from heaven shines into the room and Peter is still knocked out, sleeping so soundly. And the angel has to like, wake up, man. I'm here to rescue you. What is with this guy? Because he was in his bed. Now, to understand this, you got to understand the book of John 22. Peter was separated from everyone because he denied Christ and came back, and Jesus said a couple things to him. One of the things he said is, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, I love you, Lord. He said, then feed the sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Now, notice, God didn't say, if you love the sheep. <laughs> he said, if you love me. <laughs> Come on, Amen. <laughs> Sometimes sheep's hard to love. Come on, we love y'all, but y'all can act up. Come on, amen? So we we ain't doing it for you. We're doing it for the Lord. If you love me, (laughs) then feed my sheep. Amen. But then he tells Peter this, and it probably didn't make a lot of sense at the time. He says, Peter, when you are old, someone will take you and lead you where you don't want to go. And he said, this is signifying how Peter would die. So can you imagine in that jail, there's panic and ringing of hands, and then he keeps hearing the word of the Lord rise up in his spirit, bringing lightning to his mind. That's what God will do. He'll plant a word when you were 15, 16, 18, 20, when you were last year, and you just don't know. It keeps rising up in your spirit because you got a bed, and God's trying to get you into it. And you're like panicking and anxiety, but you hear and hear, when you're old, when you're old. He's like, what does this mean? And then he remembers, when I'm old, someone will take me and lead me where I'm supposed to go. And he looks down in a little puddle there, and he sees his reflection, and he's like, no gray hair. And he goes to sleep. What is the word of the Lord for you that you can lay down and sleep in the midst of every 
battle that's that you it. have. Yeah, because God has already given you a word about your destiny, your yeah. future, yeah. and you will fulfill it. Why is he sleep so hard? Because he understood it's not my time. No matter what's going on around me, this is not how things are going to turn out because God has spoken. But do you have a bed? You see, this is not about waiting for Pastor Derek, Pastor Susan, someone in this pulpit to give you a word. This is about you hearing what is the word of the Lord. Come on, what is the word of the Lord for you? What is the bed for you for 2024? Are you going into 2024 not knowing who's going to be president? Laser focused on the White House and on the economy and not having a word that you can lay down. And when the world is coming apart like a $2 watch, you're in the middle of that coasting, riding on the waves because you got a bed that the word, because you've made room in your life for the prophetic. Come on now, Amen. I remember I was, we do this, Pastor Derek and my friends do this, Pastor Robert, who comes, we do this all the time when we're together. We've been friends for 30-something years. And so we'll get together sometimes, and we'll just go, hey, what's the word of the Lord? What's the word of the Lord? On the spot. And if you go, I'm not, well, uh, no, I'm not, uh, we know, you, you, you're not praying enough, you're not in the word. What is the word? Where's the room? You haven't made room. What's going on? We just ask you, what is the word of the Lord? If you don't know what the word of the Lord is, then you're not in Walking in a depth of the prophetic that you need to, foundations could be shaky. Come on, amen. What is God speaking to you? What is the word of the Lord? Y'all need to start doing that with each other. Come on, amen. (laughs) Immature people talk about other people. Mature people talk about the Lord and the word of the Lord. Amen. Gossiping, cutting folks up. Come on, amen. (laughs) Do you have a bed for 2024? Number two, he said, do you have a table? Put a table in there. Oh, I love this. Amen. Amen. Psalms 23, verse 5. Psalms 23, if you don't know, was David was singing to himself as he was going down to face Goliath. Can you imagine this 14-year-old boy going down to face Goliath and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, though. I I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Goliath was eight feet tall, blocking out the sun. And he says, oh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And then he says, you prepare a table for me in the middle of my enemies. Provision. Tables for eating. Come on, amen. Table is for provision. In the middle of your battle, do you have a table that you know God will provide because he's spoken something to you? If he called you to something, he'll take care of it. Listen, God didn't part the Red Sea and then have the children of Israel get stuck in the mud. No, he dried. They went across on dry ground. Hallelujah. Because God knows if I'm telling you to do something, cross over. He's not going to not do halfway. He's going to make provision for you. But what has God said? And do you have a table in your life? And are you of the people who can be at rest because you have a bed and a table because you know in the middle of everything that's falling apart in the economy, you're going to eat? Yes. Amen. God will provide for you. 2011, we moved here and we had a building over in Santa Ana for our, our brick and mortar Bible school. First time I ever had a building. And I got the building, then I had to renovate it. Because God told me to be here. That's why I'm here, right? Amen. But I was living in Sacramento at the time. But I came in, it was $39,000 to renovate this building. And I'd never had that, raised that much money before at one time. I'd raised that over periods of time, but not at like, you know, I think we had like an eight or six week period. We had to do it and it was ticking away. We hadn't really made a lot of progress. And a friend of mine called me from Malaysia. Uh, his name is Raymond. And he has a, little, has a Bible school there, but it's only for like rural uh, pastors to come to from like Burma and Thailand and the Philippines. And so he'll bring them in. He's got a little dormitory there. And he'll teach them for like six months to help build the churches in these rural areas. And so he called me up. He says, Pastor, will you come? I need you to come teach in the school. He goes, I can't take care of anything for you. You know, this is poor, very, very poor pastors. And I said, yes, because that's what we do. I flew over there at my own expense and we taught for an entire week. And I remember these guys were, I mean, some of them didn't have shoes he had to give them flip-flops because they got off the plane with no shoes on. And so they just, you know, you can see it as you're teaching them. It's like a lot of them are just from a village somewhere. 
And so at the end of the week, you know, I prayed for them, laid hands, and then, you know, Pastor Raymond comes up. He's like, students, let's pray for Pastor Troy. And, and he said, Pastor Troy, what are your needs? And I just thought, oh, well, bless their heart. <laughs> and I said, okay, sure. And I just blurted it out. Oh, I need $39,000. And I thought, you know, like this, is this group, you know, like, and one little pastor came out. He's you know, a little small guy, flip-flops on. And he comes and prays his mighty prayer. God will provide. And he begins to pray over me. And I thought, oh, bless him. Oh, hallelujah. And so I remember I came back home. And uh, Ann was, I think, pregnant with uh, Reagan at the time. And we were getting stuff ready. We were getting ready to move. And then I'm sitting there. And, you know, I had an iPad. I used an iPad back then. And uh, whenever someone transfers money into my account, I get an alert, like a ding, you know, comes up on the message. And I was sitting there. I like to say I was in prayer, but I was watching the Food Network. I, I'm sorry, I, I, got, I wasn't out in the ozone praying, I was watching Guy Fieri, come on. And I remember, you know, just sitting there, and it was sitting on my lap, and ding, it comes up, and someone transferred $10,000 into our ministry account. And I thought, hallelujah. Yeah, I was like, yeah. And I remember I called for Anwen, she comes to the room, and before she got in the room, another 10000 came. And so we're like, hallelujah, you know, 20,000 in about 30 seconds. And then I'm sitting there, and we're about to, you know, shout hallelujah before we get the luya out. Come on. Another 10,000 came in. And I thought, this is crazy. And I can see, like, it's come. And then, I'm, you know, we're rejoicing, and, and here it comes again. Ding. Another $9,000. Someone, and I hadn't told very many people. I thought, this is wild. And so I thought, man, this is really the only place. And I remember Burmese pastors didn't do it. Yeah. And so I remember calling my friend. I said, man, did you have something? That someone, I, said, I don't know who it was. Till this day, I don't know who it was. They transferred money. I said, I, they transferred money to my account. And he had my account money. He had my account number. And I'm like, I don't give my account number out to people. And he's like, well, Lord said he'll provide. That's all he said. Yeah. Hallelujah. In the midst. Come on, amen. He will provide a table for you. Pay attention now. Because if you've made room for the prophetic, and I remember I said, I got a lot of people coming there in desperation. Like, you know, I need God to move. I need God to do this. I'm like, you got to sit down at the table. Do you have one? Have you heard the word of the Lord about your future, your promotion, your house, next house? What is God speaking about those things? And many times we're not reaching out. We've made no room in our life for the prophetic. So what are we doing? We're fumbling around like everyone else out there. This should not be so with us. This is not how we should operate. Full of fear and anxiety, maneuvering all the time because God hasn't spoken. Once we get the word, maneuver away. Come on. Maneuver all you want in that word, but you don't got to flail around like everyone else because you have a table. Okay, come on. Amen. What is the word of the Lord for your life? What is the table that God is bringing? Well, I have a lot of single ladies coming. Pastor, pray for me, for my husband, and you know they want me to say something. And sometimes I do. I've had some words. Come on. We were with some people over the weekend. I gave this girl a word when we were on a missions trip and I was at her church over the last weekend and, and she came up to me with her fiance she's like Pastor Troy ooh the word you gave me when we was in Honduras and I was like what word was that y'all don't know I don't remember this stuff I'm like I'm just a vessel come on amen people come in all the time oh you gave me a word like in 19 I'm like what? I'm like I remember I'm like I don't remember I'm like that was your word not mine amen that was your bed come on and your table and she had her husband there, and I thought, good Lord. She goes, I, hang, I held on, Pastor Troy, because of what you said. There was a lot of knuckleheads coming around, but I don't know where I said, but I said something about a guy, a certain type of guy, a certain place. A guy was going to bring her, and she's like, I knew that for your word, that wasn't it. And I just waited, and the provision, God provided this man. Great guy. Amen. He was a great guy. And this is what God will do. He will give you a table in the midst of your enemies. Do you have a table before you in 2024, what is the word of the Lord about God's provision for you? Have you asked? You want your company to increase. You want your, your family to increase. You want things to increase. What is the word? What is the table that God wants to build for you in 2024? Yeah. Number three, the Bible says he has a stool, a seat. Come on. Yeah. God has to remind you sometimes of your position. You're not seated anywhere. You're seated in Christ 
in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 6. Come on. And you have raised us up. Are you raised up? Yes. Come on. You're not put down. You raised up. Yeah. He raised you up to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And now you're not sitting anywhere. You're seated with Christ in Christ at the right hand of the Father, yeah. the position of favor, the position of blessing, position of authority. Yeah. And many times what's going on in our life is we don't have a word. We don't have our seat that God says to speak a word about who you are. We forget who we are, and we start behaving like orphans when we are sons and daughters. Oh, hallelujah. We do not behave like people who don't have a father in heaven. We behave like a person that knows they have a father that will provide. Out there, they don't know that. That's why you have this climate hysteria all the time, because they believe that the earth is their only resource. That's their mother, their father. They don't understand that our goal as believers is not some kind of weird climate religion, but our goal is conservation. Take care of what God gave to us. Don't abuse it. Come on, amen? But I'm not worried about the earth and its resources. My father made it with abundance for me. Oh, hallelujah. That's orphan thinking when we think that the earth is our resource and if it goes away, what will happen? It ain't going nowhere. Because God has provided for us. Yeah. Now, we got to take care of y'all. Come on, amen. Yes, yes. But don't buy into this nonsense that the earth is ending. And, and the panic you feel with people is because they don't know they have a father in heaven. Come on. What is your position? Are you walking around wringing your hands? What's next, God? What is God going to do? Or are you seated? Come on. In a position of authority and knowing that you have the ability within you to break through whatever's coming because you have authority. And God has to come and remind us at times in the midst of our struggle, the midst of our pain, because we've been beat down, pushed down so much that we don't, we've done forgot who you are. Some of y'all that are close know us, you know the story of me and Pastor Ann when, and we used to work together years ago. She was my secretary when I was a dean of a seminary there at Bible school. And uh, hey, wasn't nothing going on then. Come on. Some of y'all looking at me weird. Wasn't no scandals. Come on, amen. Everything was on the up and up. Come on, amen. Man, but I liked her. But it was a weird environment we were in, you know, the, the ministry that we were part of. Very weird. And so, you know, I had to like, no contact, cut her off. It was weird. And so she went to Israel, and, and I didn't talk to her for years. But I knew that in my heart, God spoken some things to me about her being my wife. And so I left that ministry. And thank God, my twin sister, she used to call in and was my secretary. So they got to know each other. I didn't know they knew each other that well. And so we were, you know, I came to my sister's house, and I was staying with her for a little bit. And she came in the room one day with this, the phone and said, here. And I'm like, who's this? She's like, it's Anwin. And I was like, oh, and I just remember thinking, oh, I'm just going to like, like, oh, and she says, well, I've been dating a guy for two years or so. And she goes, and why get married and all this? And I was like, this just came out of my spirit, y'all. I don't recommend it, but this came out of my spirit. I'm on the phone with her after how many years, like six years, three years. And I'm on the phone with her. And, and this came out of my spirit when she said that. I said, that's not your husband. I'm your husband. <laughs> The word of the Lord, come on. I made room, come on. And I didn't know this at the time, but she said the you know God, the power of God hit her in the back of that bus in Jerusalem, and she knew like that was a little bit you know, but it was just a lot of distance between us, and it was a very difficult struggle. And there's one thing, my wife, she's loyal. She had a boyfriend, and man, I was bringing my A game, y'all. Come on, <laughs> sending flowers, phone calls, long emails, you know, and she would not give me no play whatsoever. And so I was upside down. I remember I just started a church in Sacramento and I was just, I was upside down. That's how I know I love this girl because no girl ever turned me upside down. So I'm like, this, this must be the one right here. And so I remember I went to Germany with my pastor at the time. And, and I'd been in Germany 10 years earlier when I was just in Bible school. 
And I remember I was like, the first country I ever went to was Germany. And I remember I was at the back, it was a meeting hall you know, like this, and I was sitting in the back, set a book table for my, my the, the president of our school was speaking. It was, man, a powerful meeting, and there was all kinds of signs and wonders, people being pulled out of wheelchairs. And there was a guy on stage, and he was part of the church there, and he was prophesying. And I'm back there doing books, and he says, yo! And I'm like, whew. And he's like, you're going to be the dean of that Bible school, and you're going to go all over the world like lightning. And I thought, this dude's a nut. <laughs> I thought, this is crazy. I'm like, I'm in Bible school, and you're like, going to be the dean? I'm like, come on. I, and I'm thinking, lightning. I'm in my first country. I'm scared to death. <laughs> and so I just didn't make any sense to me. But then I'm back at that same church preaching in a conference, and I see him. And I'm like, that guy, is, that's the guy. And I saw, so, you know, afterwards, we're hanging out with the pastors. And um, the pastor of the church turns to me. He says, will you go get Rob? This is the pastor, that, that prophetic guy. And I was like, well, I don't know your campus, but I, I guess I'll go <laughs> search for one of your leaders. It was a bizarre request. But I'm like, okay, sure, I'll go navigate your unknown campus to me and and I go over, and I see his wife. They were sitting next to each other. I say, I'm looking for your husband. And she goes, and you need to find him. And I go, yeah, I need to find him. And she goes, no, you need to find him. And I'm, he shows, he's right over there. And so I go over, and I'm walking back with him to the pastor's office. And I said, oh, uh, Pastor Ross, I want to thank you. I was here 10 years ago, and you prophesied me. He said, everything you said came to pass. Two years after I graduated, I became the dean of that Bible school. And at that time, I'd probably been to like 30 or 40 nations, like lightning. And I remember just told, telling him that. And this is what this dude says. He says, yeah, 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 I remember you. He goes, yeah, but what is this I'm hearing in my ear about your wife over in Israel? Wow. And my, my jaw hit the ground. I was like, what? Because I ain't told nobody except for my sister and my pastor about this situation. And I thought, what? He's like, yeah, it's all twisted up because of the, the, the thing you guys were under at that old ministry. He's like, the devil has gotten and twisted. He's like, but the Lord is telling me to tell you not to give up, but to rise up. Listen to me now. Rise up in your gift and break it because it's the gift, the powers in your gift to break it. Remember who you are. Come on. Amen. And I remember he just left, left me there and I was, you know, mess crying. And I thought, good Lord, I needed to be reminded some of y'all in this room, the Lord must speak to you so that you can sit down in your position of authority. You're running around. You got the devil running around stealing your nights. Come on, amen. You know, wringing your hands every night. What are we going to do? What if this happens? And what if this happens? And you don't understand the authority, the vast amount of authority that you have to rise up and break what's going on in your life right now. You've been talked out of your authority. You've been talked out of your position. Now, listen, you got legit chemical issues going on in your depression. Get that dealt with, but understand it ain't never going to be enough. The devil makes bad problems worse. He's not going to leave you alone because you took a pill. You need to walk in your authority. Let the pill help you. Come on, get clear. But then at a certain point, you're going to have to get into your seat and understand who you are. Now, if I got to tell you that today, it's going to have be powerful, but it'll never be as powerful as the revelation of who you are being told to you by your Father in heaven. Yeah. Do you have a seat in 2024? Do you have a seat that when you're being harassed and harangued, you can sit down because you know, I don't got to do nothing. I got a Father in heaven. And he just, you know, he just does a pinky, boom, and everything's put down. Come on, Amen. The last one here is a lamp. Yep. Do you have a table? Do you have a bed? Do you have a seat? And do you have a lamp? Have you made room in your life for these things? It's a lamp. Psalms 19, 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Y'all have been camping before and you got that lantern, right? And that lantern... It can be bright, but it's not going to light the whole path in front of you. It only lights the section, the next step. Come on. And that's what God said he'd do. He didn't say he'd show you everything. 
He didn't say he'd tell you everything that was coming, everything, but you know what the next step is. And then here's the thing about a lamp. If you don't take the next step, you won't see what the next step is. And if you don't take the next step after that, you won't see what the next step is after that. And I meet people all the time that God has brought a lamp prophetically into their life, but they will not act on it and take the next step. And then they're stuck. And they wonder why the grace is gone, because there's no more grace for you in that spot anymore. God has moved, and his grace has moved with him. And so he'll still give you saving grace and rescue you, but you want to live a life like that, or do you want to live a life of breakthrough? you got a lamp in your life. And so people come to me, and they say, Pastor Troy, I need a word. Can you give me a word? And it does not work that way. Stop asking. Amen. Amen. I'm not a fortune teller. And people come in, they have a boldness to it. Can you pray for me and give me a word? I'm like, I'm not the Holy Ghost. Find him. (laughs) I'm his servant, his vessel. I don't get to pour out whatever I want and give you whatever I want. I said, I'll pray for you. Come on, but I'm not, I'm not a fortune teller. I'm not telling people things. You give me $5, I give you a word. This is not how it works. This is... What people do when they have a lamp, but they don't, want, they don't like the step that God gave them. And so they're wondering what's next, and they already know in their heart what's next. Yes, they know it, but they want something else. Oh, amen. And I can't give you another word. I've been to places before. Pastor Edwin's done this too. We've been, done this before. I go to, same, I go to a lot of the same churches because I'm not just a guest. I'm building with people apostolically. So I come in every year at a certain time, and they're like, just be free, Pastor Troy. And so I'll come, and I'll give an altar call. People will come up. And I, sometimes I've been there so many times, I know faces now. And I'll be like, I already gave you the same word that's coming up into my spirit right now. Like, I want to... Give them another prophecy word, but I'm like, why is the same thing I told you last year coming up in me again? And I just sit there and I'm thinking, what's, your, what's going on with you? Oh, I just want to hear from God. I'm like, you heard from him, but you have not moved. You had a lamp. You didn't take the next step. And you won't like that, but you won't get another one. You will not get another one. And I'm convinced there are people that God has told you go on a missions trip. God has told you do this and your, start your business. God has told you, and you got a million list of excuses, but you have the next step, and then you stay too long. And then the grace lifts for you where you're at, and there's no more power for you. And so you just get into survival mode. We're doing goal setting right now with our Network, and we tell them, like, okay, it's not about what you want to start doing, but what do you want to stop doing? Because you can't just start stuff. Come on, amen? Because the stuff you start will be messed up with the stuff that you don't stop. So you got to understand everybody wants to come out of Egypt, but not everybody wants to come into the promised land. Come on, amen? And so you got to know what does God want me to do next? I got to come out of something. And he'll give you a lamp so you know what you're going to come into. Amen. Thy word is a lamp unto your feet. Yeah. If you made room in your life for God to bring a lamp, don't let fear steal your lamp now. Of like, well, Lord said this to me in 1908, 1928, you know, 19, older saints that come up and tell me that. I'm like, well, what, what's taking you so long yeah. to respond to the next? Well, you know. That's too old now. No, the word is still working. It didn't return void. Whatever that is, take the step. Had a word for our connect group. I'm going to end with this. This last Friday, we were together. And uh, connect group here, come on. Where y'all at? Where y'all in here? Amen. And we were talking about Lazarus. And Jesus came. Come on. I don't want to share this, but I'm going to share it prophetically with you. And so Jesus came, he wept, right? There was compassion. And then because he has compassion on us, if you're struggling, if you're bound, if you're in something, God has compassion. It's only a few times in the Bible Jesus wept. It's the shortest scripture in the Bible. Jesus wept, two words, amen? That's all they put. They didn't put the rest of the sentence because they wanted you to know that Jesus has compassion for us. Full stop, period, amen? 
And he says he called Lazarus forth. And the disciples were like, oh, Lord, he stinks by now. He's been decaying. And the Bible says that when he said, Lazarus, come forth, Lazarus came forth with his hand and feet bound. Come on, amen? And then God said, loose him and let him go. Now, unwrap him, untie him. Why didn't God just have the stuff fall off and Lazarus come just walking out? Why? Because God was illustrating something that many times he will prophetically begin to call you out of things and you're still bound, you still got stuff going on, you still got issues in your life, but he said, come forth. Come forth. And you're like, well, once I get everything dealt with, Lord, once I'm fine, once these kids get older, Lord, and once I get past these issues in my life, but God gave you a lamp and wants you to take a step and you saying, no, I'm not coming. God's Jesus is like, come forth. What is God calling you forth out of right now? And you got to come. Come on, amen. You don't got all the answers, but awkward, not knowing what to do, not looking right, not looking good. Come on. Ugly. Come on, amen. Just come, but you're coming. Amen. And then God will begin to release everything that you need. But you got to come forth. Oh, I'm going to get involved in this this year, Pastor. I'm going to get involved. As soon as I get this stuff dealt with, as soon as I'm better, just come forth. Come on. Amen. And God will send people, told his disciples, release them, let them go. God will send people to aid you, help you. If you will, just come forth. Use the lamp. Come on. Amen. This time we're coming into as a church is very powerful. God is wanting to speak to us in this fasting time. This is not just about some religious ritual. This is not a cleanse. Come on, amen. This is not something for you can lose a few pounds. Not for something for you just to do at the beginning of the year. So many people do this at the beginning of the year, but they don't have the meaning. Listen, Psalms 35, 13, I'm going to leave you with this. But as for me, he says, but they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth, and I humbled my soul with fasting. This is what fasting will do. It will quiet down your soul so that you can hear God's voice. Your flesh is always speaking. I want this. I need this. Your soul is always coming up with ideas. What can I do? How can I do it? How can I make this happen? How can? And you need a time where you can quiet your soul so that God can bring a lamp, a chair, uh, come on, a table yeah. into your life. Yeah. And this is that time. Don't miss your moment by not taking this fast seriously. Well, I was going to do it, but I got caught up. And I drank some Starbucks or something. Who cares? Get back in it. Amen. Amen. Take it seriously. Show up at the prayer meeting at 7 o'clock in the morning. And it's three days, y'all. Bite the bullet, man. And get up in it and see if God does not bring something into your life for 2024. And you'll be in a bed the whole time instead of like a people out there that are going to be utter chaos. And you are not... Be named amongst that type of people because you've made room for the prophetic in your life. And your foundations aren't shaky because God is continually speaking into it, bringing correction to it through his apostolic grace that's in this house and for this prophetic that's coming forth in your life. But you can't sit there and not want to hear. You can't be hungry, not hungry for the prophetic in your life. You can't be sitting back going, well, if God wants to speak, he'll speak to me. No, he wants to speak. Can you hear is the question. Do you want a bed? Do you know that you need a lamp? Do you know that you need a table in your life right now? Are you hungry for those things so that your life is not full of anxiety and unknowns because the word of the Lord will bring you into a place where you will have your provision met. Even if it's not in front of you now, you know it's coming. Twenty twenty four will be like twenty twenty three unless you make room for the prophetic. Challenge you now. Come on, stand up with me all over. Can we have our piano player come help us? Hallelujah.
so much ministry. You got to listen now. So much prophetic ministry comes forth in this house. Some of y'all have gotten familiar with it. You got pastors, leaders here that prophesy the drop of a dime. They don't need no hype. Don't need to be juiced up. Come on, amen. It's, they train themselves. They're well-trained ministry gifts. They understand things. And so they can step up here in a minute and speak the word of the Lord, whatever God is wanting to speak. But this is not a time like that. This is not about that. You've got to build and make room in your life for God to begin to speak to you prophetically. You've got to begin to hear God in a different level than you have before. I'm telling you guys, what's coming in 2024 is going to make 23 look like a cakewalk. There is great persecution. Great. We were talking about this the other day, how much it's already risen and many believers don't see it. No one is afraid to talk against Christians and no one's defending you. No one is standing up for you. And you got to understand what's happening and it will spill into your personal life. And you've got to know what's coming so you are prepared. You've got to know that whatever's going on, whatever persecution is hitting you, you got a bed. You got a table. Come on, amen. You have a business right now. You need to know what is the word of the Lord for your business. What is God speaking to you? Your father doesn't want to speak to you secondhand through people all the time. He wants to speak directly into your spirit. But have you made room for him? Now, I know what you guys say. Oh, but Pastor, I'm not like that. I'm not so spiritual. I'm just a regular guy. I don't really move like that. This is not about some special anointing. This is not about some, some office. We're not calling you prophets. Come on, some he gave. Amen? Yeah. But what is this about is you hearing at another level. What is God speaking to you? If you've never heard God's voice, I promise you it's not because he's not speaking. It's because you have not quieted your soul to hear. And listen now. Come on, look up here in my nice black face. I'm going to help you. One word from God can change your life forever. One word. Come on, amen. Not two, not three. One can shift everything for you if you're listening. This time is a holy time we're coming into. Don't sit in your bed at 7 a.m. Don't make excuses about not coming here at 7 p.m. Get three days, and I promised you this, as you fast and pray, God will honor your fasting. And God will shift some things for 2024 for you. Don't miss your moment getting caught up being full of other things. Give yourself to fasting and prayer for these three days. We used to do 21, but we like, where's that number? How did that number become magical? Come on, amen. We can't get it done in three. We ain't going to get it done. Amen. We'll get it done in three. Amen. But you got to give yourself to it. Don't flail around. Don't waste your time. Don't hope for the best. Get your bed. Get your table. Get your chair. Get your lamp. Make some room this week for God to speak to you. And God will speak. Come on, bow your head. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for this prophetic grace. Prophet Jesus lives on the inside of all of us, so we have the ability to move in the prophetic, to hear your voice, to speak your voice to people, come across that need a word, need something. Lord, we thank you that we make room today in our heart, in our lives for the prophetic, that our foundations will be sure, God, that we will not be tossed around by every wind and wave of doctrine out there because we know you can speak and say, that's not me. You'll give us a high level, God, of the gifts of the Spirit, the gift of discerning of spirits, the gift of words of wisdom, words of knowledge will flow this year concerning our family, our children, our business. Our, our life, the economy, our finances. Lord, you'll give us words from heaven. Lord, help us to be people that perceive when men and women of God in our life, in our orbit, are speaking. Help us to hear the voice within the voice, God. And we make room in our life for the prophetic. There are people here, you've not fully surrendered your life to God. 
you've been playing games and then you wonder why you keep falling off cliffs and you keep getting hit and you keep getting sat down and you don't get in your seat because the devil's putting you in his seat. This is a time you must recommit yourself to another level with Jesus. So we pray that you do that right there in your seat. You ask God, Lord, I'm coming back to you. Give my heart, my life, my way back to you. And I'm making room for your voice for you to speak in my life again. Lord, I thank you for anointing these next three days of prayer and fasting. We don't just ask you for a visitation. We ask you for a habitation of your presence in our life. Shift us, God. Change is inevitable, God, but growth is optional. Help us to grow closer to you and hear your voice, God, in these next three days. Give us a bed, we pray. Give us a table. Give us chairs. Give us a lamp for 2024, God. We ask it. We ask it. Come on, what are you hungry for? What are you asking for? Come on, ask it, Lord. Speak to me concerning my future. Speak to me concerning my future spouse. Speak to me concerning my business, my finances. Speak to me concerning our home, God. What's next for us, God? What's the next step? Father, thank you for where you're going to speak to us. We're not afraid to ask because we know our Father is listening. And we give you the glory and give you the praise. Come on, give God a good clap in here now. Amen. Amen.